Hello, you are listening to Own and Align, the podcast with your host, Layla Steed. I'm a photographer, content creator, writer, and woman who loves to ignite that spark in other women that propels them to own their story and live in alignment as their true, authentic selves. This is a space where you can gain some insight from absolute powerhouse women that will set that spark inside of you and give you the tools that you need to be in flow with yourself and the world around you. You are listening to Own and Align. So sit down, plug in, and take the next moment to do something just to up-level yourself and to take ownership of you and your journey. Good morning and welcome to episode two of Own and Align, the podcast. I'm really excited to chat to you about something today because it is something that I am getting asked a lot about on the gram. Uh, It is something that a lot of people are kind of wanting to know how I'm coping, how I'm dealing with it and what I'm doing. So this episode is about living with a terminally ill parent and here's what I've learned so far. Um, So as you guys know, my my beautiful mum has come down with um, cancer. So she's got... um, called my myeloid, myeloid dysplastic syndrome um and it is cancer of the blood essentially cancer of the blood and the bone marrow um it happened in 2019 it hit our family like a absolute cyclone um and it's never been the same since um it's really kind of hard to talk about but i think so many people are asking me questions that I I don't have the energy or I don't have the time to answer at the moment with everything that's going on with that. So when mum was diagnosed, um, she was living, she'd finally managed to get her own little apartment with all her brand new furniture and just bought herself a brand new car, which she hadn't done in her life before. And it was a really big deal. Um, she was really feeling happy within herself, within her job and where she was at. Um, and, all of a sudden she started getting really tired and bruising easily and, and just acting quite different. Um, and I thought it was chronic fatigue at first. So I said to her, you know, you have to go to the doctor. I think it could be chronic fatigue and and that can get really serious. Um, they ran some tests and still nothing. And I said, you're going to have to go back again. Like you're still, you know, she was passing blood and things like that. Um, and just really not feeling herself. And I could see it in her. She's always been quite a joker, always been a really hard worker, had a really strong work ethic. And that kind of spark was a little bit dull and a little bit gone, I suppose. Um, so she went back again and requested more testing and they found what they thought at first was acute myeloid uh, leukemia, which is um, not a great prognosis, but the one that she has in fact been diagnosed with since then is a little bit more mild. It's kind of like the step before you get to acute myeloid leukemia. Uh, so ever since then, our life has been sitting around chemo wards and being introduced into the world of cancer, which, you know, I've had family members that have had it, but not it, not a parent. And I haven't really had any um, anything big like that in my life before. And it really hurts me that my little daughter is seeing firsthand um, cancer, the effects of cancer, terminal illness, um, 
and she's having to be around that. She's had to sit in the chemo wards with me. And if you've ever been in a chemo ward, then you would know, um, it's not the, it's not the best place. It's not somewhere that you want to hang out, especially if you're three and you want to get into everything. Um, she's four now, but she was three when this whole journey started. Um, so yeah, it's been, it's been a really difficult, uh, journey for our family. And a lot of people are coming to me saying, how are you coping? And, you've got so much on your plate with everything going on with that. And obviously I also own my own business. I do photography. I I work in that and I'm trying to raise my daughter solo as well. So I do have a lot going on, but I think I'm one of those people that's like, I've just got to get on with it. It's got to be done. I don't sit around and whinge about it. I just get on with the job. Um, So I'm trying to make sure through this that I and being as calm as I can. Um, I know within my heart that my mum's not going to make it. Um, she's lost that fight. Um, she's lost that fight and she's had to move in with me and she's lost her independence and she spends most of her days, um, in bed and I'll ask her, did you eat today? Have you eaten? Did you have the vitamins that I got for you? And it's no, 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 I'll try later. Um, the one thing that I've learned through this experience is that when someone around you is going through an illness like this one, you can't expect them to behave in a way that you would. And I think that that is the the biggest thing that I have had to learn is that she is going to travel through this in her own way, in her own time. Um, and I think the hardest thing that I've had to deal with is I I have had friends that have beat cancer and they've done it naturally and they've been to the Hope for Cancer Clinic in Mexico, which if you are out there listening to this, that is a huge lifesaver. Like they have saved so many lives over there with the groundbreaking treatments that they offer. Um, So I think I've had friends that have gone the complete opposite route and healed it naturally and worked through their shit and attacked the cancer from a holistic and scientific point of view. And my mum has pretty much listened to the doctors uh, and taken what they say as gospel. And look, one thing that I've learned about, about cancer is that they give you this cancer diet with foods that eat cancer and they're giving you chemotherapy to kill off the cancer but then they're also giving you sugar which feeds the cancer right at the very same appointment it's an absolute catch-22 situation and it's one that's very frustrating when you're a holistic person to be sitting there and see these things unfolding and see that it's not right and that you know it's not right and from my from my learning anyway and from my perspective there's things that I've I've noticed where I'm like really you're actually going to do that or really that's a thing um and it's been shocking so that's been the biggest part for me is trying to let go of the control that it's not me going through it and that I don't just because I would do things differently, I can't get frustrated. And look, I have done. I've lost my cool. I've told the doctors what's what. Um, I've got a bit, I guess, Pete Evans about it at times in the hospital. And 
I've, I've gotten passionate about it because this is my mum that we're talking about. Um, it's not some, some number on a, on a page. It's not some patient's name that they're calling out. Um, it's my mum. So it's a really hard thing, but I think it's important that I talk about this in this space because it's been a huge catalyst for change, um, within me and within my healing and me and my mum have never had the best relationship. It's been tumultuous at times where we haven't really gotten along. We do things differently. We're chalk and cheese and it's been coming to terms with trying to heal that relationship in amidst the chaos, which has been interesting to say the least. And obviously her living in my house um, has been a huge, it's been hard. It's been really hard. Um, we just don't mesh well and, and we never have. And, and that's something that I've had to learn to learn to be okay with. Um, we do things differently. She'll say black, I'll say white. <laughs> She'll say, we'll do it this way. I'll say, no, I'm doing it that way. That's just how we've been um, throughout our lives together and throughout our relationship. And I think now it's just more letting that go and realizing that these next few months for her, we're going to, she's been doing a light, light dose chemotherapy, which is the drug as a cytidine. Um, it's very light dose and her body didn't even handle that well. She ended up getting psychoses. Um, now if you have ever had a parent that has got psychoses from chemotherapy, then I really, I, I can relate and I feel your pain. And I think basically it puts your, puts your, whoever might've had it, it might be a parent, it might be a friend, sister, colleague, you know, just someone that you know in your circle, um, being in the close proximity to that was like nothing I've ever experienced. It was heartbreaking. Um, I don't think I've ever felt an emotional pain like that. And it was simply because, um, it, they gave her something that didn't agree with her body and they've never offered an apology and they've never said, you know, we're really sorry for the trauma that we put your family through. Like I had to see my mum screaming that she didn't know me and, saying that she didn't want anything to do with us and that we were stealing from her, which wasn't the case. And the severe paranoia, um, her thinking that she didn't, she didn't even know who she was. She didn't know where she was. And I couldn't get to her because she'd placed herself under a thing at the hospital where I couldn't actually contact. I couldn't find out any information about her. And that was, I can't even describe the, the trauma and pain from that. Um, and what they put us through. And it was all because they'd given her the wrong thing, um, the wrong drug. They gave her a steroid that they shouldn't have done given her situation and her illness. And it obviously caused a chemical reaction in the brain and off she went into psychosis. And we're out the other side of that now. They now have realized that they can't do that. Um, the scary thing is, is that she's about to start the really intense chemotherapy in Brisbane. Um, I think that all kicks off on this Friday, actually. And uh, it's, they're going, they've already advised us that they are going to need to give her the steroids um, because she is going to have a really high dose chemo 
to prepare for the bone marrow uh, transplant and stem cell transplant. Um, so they're going to basically give her a really, really high dose chemotherapy, which is going to kill off the bone marrow and stem cells so that when I'm the donor, so that when my bone marrow and stem cells goes into her body, that it's empty and new and fresh. Um, and hopefully it, her body accepts it and doesn't reject it and get growth, graft versus host disease, which can be life-threatening. Um, so they've told us all about percentages and, and what might happen and she might pass away and it's all very serious. And something that I want to talk to you guys about now is another thing that I found within dealing with someone who has terminal cancer around you is that you can't give them a will to live. Like no matter how much you want them to be their normal selves again and to fight again and to, you know, get that spirit and that, that, you know, ignite that fire within themselves to get up and fight it. You can't give that. That's the one thing that I cannot give. I can give bone marrow. I can give stem cell. I can give her a place to live and make her food and try and force feed her at the moment. She's eating like a sparrow, which is quite stressful as a carer. Um, but I can't give her a will to live. And I've tried and I've tried to say, you know, let's go for a walk today. Get up. We'll go and do something fun. We'll go to your favorite beach. And it's just, I'm just met with, no, I can't. I'm tired. I don't have the energy. And obviously I've just got to be okay with that because that's where she's at. And I can't, you know, I can't, like I said, I can't give her a, a will to live. And it's terrifying entering this next phase of our our journey together as a family, knowing that she doesn't have that fight, knowing that she's given in. And I get a lot of messages asking, "How how's your mom? How's your family? Um, and this is the reality of why I can't write back. You know, I try and write back to the people that I can, but my day-to-day life, I don't want it to be poisoned by cancer every single day. Um, some days I have the energy to write back and say, you know, we're doing great. And a lot of the times I'm just trying to be optimistic, but the reality is what I'm watching a parent slowly fade away, knowing that she doesn't have that will that she's thrown in the towel. Um, and that I, that's the one thing that I can't give her. And my biggest fear going through this, going through this like next phase is that she may very well pass away in the next few weeks, months. Um, it may very well happen quite soon. And I'm nervous to give her my bone marrow. I'm really quite scared because I'm, I know that it may very well bring about a graft versus host disease and she may pass from that. And I guess it's like, you know, when a bomb's going off, do you want to touch it or do you want to leave it alone? I think that's where I'm at with this. I was told by the doctors that it's just a little blood test. You know, we thank you for your donation for your mum, which obviously anyone's going to do that for their parent, regardless of your relationship, regardless of any fights you had when you were a teenager or any, um, you know, I guess, a disease that you've had within your relationship, if your parent really needs you to come forward, I think most of us, if it hasn't been that hard of a trauma, most of us are going to come forward and, and do what needs to be done in that, in that moment and in that time. And I think for me, I've definitely tossed up about how I feel about it. And if it's something that I really want to do, 
and I've tossed up on is it something that I can do emotionally um I just got the letter which I posted to Instagram last night actually I just got the letter saying this is what we're expecting from you and you've got to inject yourself with this and have this x-ray and do this ECG and I had a nurse write to me on Instagram and tell me the reasonings as to why they want to do all those things, which was scary because I was told, hey, it's just a little blood test. You've got nothing to worry about. It's super simple. And, you know, you may very well save a life. And it was all very positive and very fluffy and rainbows and sparkles. And now that they're getting down to the nitty gritty, it's like, oh, and you just have to do this. Oh, and you have to do that. And I think... I am the carer. I am a solo mum and I now have to do and inject stuff into my body that I'm I'm not okay with. I don't have a choice. If I don't do it, she she could very well pass away because of that. But if I do do it, she could pass away from the disease that could come about from that. So I wouldn't wish the situation that I'm in now on, on anyone or put it on anyone's shoulders. And I think for me... It's definitely something that I've I've been struggling with and I think it's only going to get more intense as the weeks go on. Um, and look, I just, that's where I'm at with it. And I think the biggest lesson here is that I'm learning is having to let go, having to release, release control of the situation, understand that I can't control this outcome. Um it is it's like being like a ticking time bomb and you know it's going to go off and you know that it's going to hurt and you know that you might not be okay for quite a while and you're going to need some serious fucking healing but I don't have a choice I've still got to go through this and I think a lot of people are saying you know that's so hard for you and and the reality is you know biologically we're all going to lose a parent at some stage whether it's through terminal illness or through old age or, um, you know, some sort of an accident or whatever it might be, we're all going to lose a parent at some point. And I'm not special. I'm not unique. This experience is felt the wide world over by hundreds and thousands of people, unfortunately. And I feel that I just, it's important for me to share where I'm at with it because when I do get messages, I want to be able to say, I've done a podcast about it. Go and listen. It is exhausting replying to people about something. I don't even want to know about cancer. (laughs) I don't want to know about it. I don't want my daughter to be around it. I certainly don't want it to impact my life any further after this. It's changed my view on health and the way that I run things within myself. Um, And look, I'm just, I, I would prefer not to have anything to do with it. And I think it's just not having not having the choice is what is really quite stressful and look like I've said to my my sister and my family this whole experience would be so much easier if my mum had a good outlook if she wasn't leaning on us at max capacity um And I think it's shown me one thing, and that is if I ever I become unwell in that kind of aspect, I certainly will not be um, going into a victim mode and leaning on people. Um, It's such a heavy, heavy time for everyone. Um, 
it's really impacted my life and it's impacted my daughter's life and it's changed the way that I work even how I show up for my work how I'm able to show up for my daughter and it's just really difficult and I think when it when it's a parent when it's a mother-daughter relationship or a son you know father or son daughter or whatever it might be it's very it's it's different it's different to any other relationship that you have because I think we all have things that our parents have done that we haven't loved we've all got things that we you know wish that we hadn't said or a relationship that we wish that we could have had with them and I think that's the one thing that I'm really learning as we as we get to the end of this journey is that there's so much that I am grateful for with this um I'm grateful that I do get the opportunity to heal our past and our relationship that we have um even if it is under these really trying circumstances I'm grateful that I am able to have a goodbye and that we are, you know, I guess blessed in that way. And I'm just trying to scrape the barrel for a silver lining here. But I really feel like with this, it's, it's a really hard journey and it's really difficult seeing, you know, seeing someone not want to live anymore. It's especially when it's a parent. And when I said to her recently, you know, you seem like you don't even want to fight it. She said, well, I've got nothing to live for. And of course, as a daughter, that really, it really hurt me. Um, It really hit me in the heart. And I said to her, you know, you've got grandchildren. Like, do you not want to see ever, which is my daughter, do you not want to see ever get married? Do you not want to see me get married? Like, you've got things to live for. Like, you've got, you've got a life. And she just quietly walked off and didn't answer me. So I think these times are so trying. And I think I've just been on quite a spiritual path, as as you would have heard if you listened to the last episode. I've been on quite a spiritual path with it. And I'm doing my absolute best to try and get through this Um with every might of my soul I'm trying to get through it as as calmly and as easily as possible and I think just the hurt and the the pain that I've already felt from this has been has been a lot and I think in the next couple of weeks obviously as we ramp up the chemotherapy and I have to be the donor um I know I'm going to start getting a lot of questions about it. So that that's where I'm at. Um, it's very real. I've had to see things in the last few months that I, I wouldn't wish upon anyone. And I think I've had times where I've been at peace with death, um, at peace with its coming, at peace knowing that it it is going to sneak up on me. Whether I like it or not, it's still going to feel like a shock. Um, I know a lot of people that have lost their parents, especially women with their mothers, they feel like orphans. Um, they've talked to me about that on the, on the Instagram. And obviously my own sister has spoken to me about that. Um, and she said, you know, it's like, it's like your equilibrium of your body is gone. Um, and I think for me, that's something that I'm really quite 
I'm aware of it. I'm an emotional person and I feel like I am aware that I may very well have those really deep feelings. So I'm just starting now to prepare my business so that if I need to take some emergency time off, uh, that I'm able to do so. Obviously, weddings and, and births and things like that are really important. So that there's that. I will not be able to take time off for those because that's someone's amazing special day. Um, but I'm slowly reworking the business so I can take that time off that's required. I think intuitively, I've really felt that July is a time when I can only do very minimal bookings. Um, That is when everything's really going to start to ramp up. That's when I'm doing the bone marrow and when mum's having the transplant. So that is a time when I have felt that I need to shut down the books and just go inward and focus on my family and and that's what I'm probably going to do. I'll still be shooting here and there. For those of you that um, don't know, I do photography um, as a job. That is my main job and I love it. Um, and I'm I'm definitely so grateful that I have amazing clients. I, I just had a photo session this morning, a beautiful photo shoot at sunrise on the beach and there were stunning palm trees and the sunrise was perfection. And I feel so grateful that I have that, I guess it's a gift or that creative flair that I can work for myself and take time out for myself and honor my own journey um, spiritually and and obviously with my mom, with all of her appointments and treatments and all of the appointments in Brisbane that I have that time. So I am grateful for that. But I think going through this in the next few weeks, it is going to be tough uh, I am scared. I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm terrified. And it is something that I wouldn't wish upon anyone. Like it's, it's hard. And there's so many things going through my mind of, well, you know, do I need to get her to write ever a letter for a wedding day? Do I need to get her to write me a letter for my wedding day? Um, should I get her to do this? Or should I get another photo of her yet again, doing something with Eva, is that going to be the last time? There are things that are going through my my mind that haven't previously gone through or that I didn't need to worry about because I think so often we feel like our parents are indestructible and that nothing can touch them and that they're always going to be there. Um, and when you start to realise in these situations that that's not the case, uh, it does rock you. It rocks you to the core. Um and someone said to me the other day, you know, you've just been through so much. I just really feel for you. And I think I do believe that we're only given what we can handle. And I've spoken a lot to spiritual people about our life path and that I would have chosen this before I came here to the earth. I would have chosen for this to happen at this point in my life and for me to travel through this and learn these lessons that I'm learning now through this experience. Would I prefer not to learn them? <laughs> Most definitely. But it is just something that I have to travel through and it's heavy, it's deep, it's time consuming and I'm just so grateful that I have this amazing support and team of women around me that rally around me and I thought I had great friendships before and I I feel blessed for the women that I had at certain phases in my life. I don't discount those friendships at all but 
I feel now that I've outgrown those friendships for a reason and that the women around me at the moment, they're on a different level. They genuinely care about me. They genuinely care about my daughter and they show up when is needed. And at the moment, I've got a beautiful team of women around me that are rallying around me during this time that are offering help and guidance and let me be there for you and let me have ever and let me you know, cook you some meals and people offering all the most beautiful things. So I think a lot of things in my life have, have led me to this moment of where I'm at and the crossroads of where I'm at with um, traveling through this. And I feel grateful that I've got an older sister that has been through this. Um, she obviously, I've done a podcast with her on, on the loss of her mother. Um, I feel like it was episode 15 or 16. Um, it was obviously a really hard time and she's my sister, my older sister, Helenor. She's become my, I guess, center point for everything. Um, if I'm having a bad day, if I'm having a you know, great day or if I'm going through something, I will call her because she's been through some of the hardest things that I have known of anyone to have to go through. And she's come out the other side, still smiling, still fighting for herself, still one of the most softest, beautiful souls that you'll ever meet. And that kind of recenters me. So I am so grateful that I have her to go through this experience, that she's already walked this path. Um, do I wish that she didn't have to go through what she did a hundred percent, but I am grateful now that I do have her there for me. Um, and that she's already been here. She's already walked this path. She's already been through this kind of grief. And I think it's important for me to talk about this. And I hope that, you know, I, I mean, I don't hope that there's someone out there that's going through it, but I think if if you are going through it, I hope that you can resonate with some of what I'm saying and that you might feel like you're not alone. Um, it's definitely one of the things where most of the time I just get on with it. I pretend like I'm fine. I've got my shit together. And then all of a sudden it will hit me um, what's going on and the enormity of what's coming. And then I lose it for a couple of days and then I get back on track again. That's just what this experience is like. And I feel so unfortunately cancer is a reality for so many of us at the moment. It's, it's, I mean, I feel like it's more common than it ever has been before, but the beauty is we've all got each other in ways that we haven't had before. We have the ability to reach out to people over the internet that we've got this incredible healing and and new ways to do things to heal that are that are working and new ways that I've seen work on my very own friend um and I've seen her beat cancer that really you know the western medicine doctors had said you're not going to beat it you're going to pass and and she fought it naturally and she got through it and I'm I'm so grateful that social media and the internet has connected places like hope for cancer and has connected my girlfriend Kate to the people the wide world over that have seen her journey and it's put them on a new path that very well may have saved their life so 
I think now more than ever, we have the ability to come together, which I'm grateful for that. And I'm super grateful for the community that I have built on Instagram. Um, Without them during this time, I would have been completely in the dark about a lot of things, about psychosis, about how to deal with that legally and emotionally. I had people come from all over saying, I'm a lawyer, I'm this, I work in the hospital, I need to advise you of this, you should try this. I wouldn't have gotten through that time without the help of the women in that community that I have crazily built. And it started with one follower, which was my own account. And I'm still shocked that there's over 40,000 people um, on there now. It still shocks me. And I'm still grateful that I have, um, I guess, a community of women that I can turn to, that they can help others. And if I put a call out, you know, for another woman, for whatever reasoning that she needs it, they will step forward and they will wrap their arms around her and say, I've got you. I'm, I can help you with this, or I can give you this. Or just a few months ago, this beautiful lady gifted another lady in the, in the, in our community, a, a brand new pram. And that that was amazing and I think I used to do a lot of care packages I don't do those as much anymore just because of the time issue but I do do a lot of work with putting them in touch with the right healers behind the scenes um obviously Kelly from Soul School she is my first point of call for everything uh for everyone at the moment and it's so nice having that resource and being able to offer that out um so yeah I think I'm super grateful for everyone that I've got around me and I I know that so many of you are watching me go through this journey and and that you are worried and that you may have lost a parent and that you you know what I'm about to go through so you keep reaching out so that's mainly why I wanted to do this podcast is just to so that people understand where I'm at uh so that I can make it known um what I'm going through and I can just link this instead of having to reply to people because there are times when I do have energy and there are times when I just don't like it it is difficult going through this as a single parent obviously it's put a pause on any dating or any anything that I'm able to do in that aspect because I I'm full-blown carer I don't have the time um and just having my mom in my space is obviously a lot and you know, I just, I wish if there's one thing that I could do throughout this, it's that I could give her the will to survive and the will to, to overcome this and the will to want to live, but I can't. And I think that that has been the hardest bit for me is, um, is that it's, it's, I've found that the most difficult, but there is always a silver lining. And I think the silver lining is whatever lessons are coming through this, I am grateful for, and I know it's going to be hard I know it's going to be heartbreaking and I know that at the end of the tunnel I'm probably not going to come out of this with a mother and you know that does hurt it does scare me it upsets me for my daughter and they've had such a really close bond um obviously I lived with my mother after after finding myself as a single and pregnant woman um I lived with my mother and and I gave birth and then went home and and was staying at my mother's house so she her and ever have always had a really really strong bond and ever now understands that you can see that she knows that my mum's just not the same um anyway that is something that I wanted to share with you guys because 
I hope that it resonates. I hope that, that if you're going through this, that you understand that you're not alone. These feelings are normal. They're okay. And um, I think for me, a lot of people say, how the hell are you getting through it? And I think I'm just listening to my body. If there are days when I am emotional about this, which today is one of them, um, I'm mainly upset because they told me it was just going to be a little blood test. And I feel like a bit betrayed by that because it is an invasive procedure. Um, according to the paperwork, which have just sent me, it is an invasive procedure. It is going to be uncomfortable. And I don't, I'm mainly upset. I don't care about me. I'm fine to do that. I've donated my eggs before. I'm okay with this type of stuff, but I do not want my daughter to be in a situation where she thinks, where she's, you know, damaged by the ripple effect of cancer. That's something that I do not want. So, I think going through this without a support of of a partner and someone that I can really lean on and and someone that's going to be there for me, um, that's something that I was always, for some reason, I've always been scared of that. And here we are. <laughs> um, so I just feel like um, in that aspect, I've definitely been struggling with that. Uh, mainly for my daughter's sake, because I'm going to obviously have to leave her here and there and everywhere so that I can be a present carer and obviously be the, be the donor. So that's something that I am really, um, I'm working through and I'm trying to be like, you just have to meet this experience where you're at with what you've got. And that's what I'm doing. I'm just soldiering through. So as far as how am I dealing with it, look, I'm listening to my body. I'm trying to be present. And if I feel like I need to back down, have a cry, have a meltdown day, then that's what I do. I'll cancel appointments. I'll cancel photography sessions and I'll honor where I'm at and where I can meet myself. And I found that to be the most beneficial I try at the moment to nourish myself with healthy food that's like high vibrational, that I'm making sure that I meditate, that I take time out like I did this morning. I did a quick meditation after my sunrise photo shoot this morning on the beach, just me and the sun, and it was beautiful. Um, Just taking time out to honor myself, doing a lot of journaling so that I'm getting the feelings out and not having them in, which, um, look, it's not been easy. It's hard. Um... But that's where I'm at. That's what I'm doing. And I think it's so important. I feel so much better that I can share this now and that I can uh, let everyone know where I'm at with this and hopefully um, direct people here if they've got any questions on what it is like to be in this in this kind of phase with a parent. Um, so anyway, I hope that you guys have a really, really beautiful day today. And I am off now to have a bit of self-care this morning. I took myself for an hour massage the other day. And this morning I've decided to go and get my eyelashes done. I don't know why, just for the sake of it. <laughs> because I'm I'm not wearing much makeup at the moment. I've been using the gua sha, gua sha, whatever it is. Um, and I'm loving the results from that. So I'm not wearing as much makeup. And I thought that getting my eyelashes done might add a little bit of sparkle to me on the days when I need it. I'll probably cry them all off. Who knows? Um, so that's what I'm up to today, but I hope that you have a beautiful day. And if you are out there going through losing a parent, like I am, um, I just want you to know that you're not alone, that you've got to just meet yourself where you are at with this. 
and I'm very sentimental. So I always, I, I also want to let you guys know that make sure that you are preparing things for the future. I think for me, I'm really going to push my mum to write a letter to me on my wedding day as hard as that's going to be for her to do and as hard as it is going to be for me to even say that um, and to also write one forever um, on her wedding day and a few other sentimental things that I have in mind so that if she's not there, her presence is still there in some way. So take lots of photos if you want to book in a shoot with me. Um, I do do special prices for these types of photo shoots and look, I do feel like just honour where you're at, honour the space, do what you can with what you have and what you have available. And all we can do is our absolute best through these kind of things. Anyway, I'm going to leave it there and I hope that you have a beautiful day. Thank you for listening to Own and Align, the podcast with your host, Layla Steed. It has been a pleasure holding space for you today. And as always, I appreciate every single one of you that leaves a rating, review or voice message with your appreciation for the content. If you would like to be the first to know when the next episode is live, please hit subscribe or head over to follow along on Instagram at Layla Steed. And until next time, let me leave you with this quote that I stumbled across today. I'm going to leave you today with a beautiful quote that I have stumbled upon on Pinterest, which is by author unknown. Um, but it says, God saw you getting tired. God saw you getting tired when a cure was not meant to be. So he wrapped his arms around you and he whispered, come unto me. You didn't deserve what you went through. And so he gave you rest. God's garden must be beautiful because he only takes the best. So when I saw you sleeping, so peaceful and free from pain, I could not wish you to come back and suffer that all again. That's a really beautiful poem that I just found on Pinterest as I was leaving the podcast today and I would like to dedicate that to my beautiful mother. I hope that you all have a lovely Tuesday.